This week's episode of Classroom Brew is brought to you by Drizzly. If you would like to get $5 off your order, go to bit.ly slash classroombrewdeliver. I got to tell you guys, 100 episodes is pretty wild to me. In this episode, we talk a little bit about that. Really, it's going to be the impact isn't really going to be felt for me until we move on from this place and the podcast continues on. This is the room where it all started out almost two years ago. Not quite two years ago, but we're getting really close. That'll be technically episode 104 where we hit the two-year mark. But it's uh, it's exciting. It's cool to see how far the show has gone, all the cool people that I've met, how I'm able to reconnect or just connect in general to old and new friends. It's been really fun. It started off as an excuse to get together with people, but really what's happened is so much more than that. Uh, not to get too cheesy, of course. In this episode, the title is going to have multiple meanings, and I'm sure you guys will pick out the sarcastic, genuine, comedic versions of the title, but truly, for episode 100, I'm just happy to be here. Welcome to the Classroom Brew Podcast. A teacher podcast It's a little bit like comedians in cars getting coffee or drunk history. A lot of you guys always ask me, do you actually drink when you record episodes? Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Welcome back to Classroom Brew. This is episode 100. For this episode, we've actually got a very special guest in Barb. Barb, how you doing? Good. So this is your first time back since episode 20, maybe? Wow. And then before that, it was also episode 5. Uh, when it was you and Peter, that one was called <laughs> They Call Me Anne Frank, <laughs> which is at the time when you were at an alternative school. Yep. Um, so now, fast forward, uh, well, I guess fast forward to the last time you were on, you had just resigned from said alternative school right. uh, for various reasons. But where, where are things at right now? So interestingly enough, especially given the city of Chicago and Chicago public schools issues, I was living in the city at the time and I applied for a lot of different um, history, social studies positions at the high school level in Chicago public schools that mm. were available. There were openings right. and I couldn't even get an interview. I mm. literally could not get an interview. Now, I should say I am now 64. And when I did that, I was 63. So we could talk about that. It was probably an ageism thing. But regardless, <laughs> the Chicago public schools, which clearly have issues with teacher competency the fact, yeah. that, the fact that I couldn't get an interview anyway so I bailed and um, I had I knew there were a lot of opportunities in the northern suburbs and I moved to uh, one of the northern suburbs mm -hmm. and couldn't get a job full-time but have just sort of stumbled into several different uh, suburban school districts getting on their sub list and these are big schools with a lot of sub openings all the time sure. and so I've been subbing and I'm going to do it again this year. Nice. So do you do you have the equivalent of like a full-time schedule just by picking up five days a week every week of different schools different classes here and there? 
pretty much because okay. it's it, as as you can imagine, and maybe you can't. It's it's interesting. It's all automated. So mm-hmm. um, there's this. It's this program called ASAP, and all yep. of these schools have it. And so when there is a, a a job opening for a particular day, it pops up on my phone, and I can look at it, and it can hit accept, mm-hmm. and then it goes in, and then it does all sorts of things. But you know. So if a teacher wake, wakes up sick at five in the morning, uh, it'll my phone will ding. If I don't have a job that day, <laughs> sure, I'll get a job. And so, how much do you see? Because we use uh, ESOP too. I think they renamed it Frontline, but I still call it ESOP. Right. Uh, how much of the notes do you see from the regular teacher? Because I've used at least 20, 30 subs over the past two years in my teaching career, just for if I have to leave for coaching, if I have a PD, uh, if I'm sick, personal day, whatever it may be. And I swear they don't read them or it's not available because they, they walk in and I still have like a printout on my desk and all the materials. And if there's a co-teacher in the class, I'll let them know. But somehow there's always something that slips through the cracks. Well, this is the high-end school subbing phenomena is mm-hmm. every single... I have never had a day when I didn't walk into a complete lesson plan. Oh. I mean, a complete lesson plan. So you're actually... And I'm driving content because um, at, for example, Stevenson, which is one of the top schools in the state, um, that's their teachers are required to do that. So so even, you know, everyone's got emergency sub plans. But now in the date of the Internet, you don't have to use your emergency sub plan. You wake up your kid. you got a sick kid or you're not feeling well Um, instead of. You know, just saying, calling in sick or whatever, you generate a sub plan on the on your and you email it sure. to the sub coordinator, and yeah. then they email it to me or print it out. So I I always get there a little bit early, but the, I'm pushing content. Yeah, that's and awesome. Fre- and and if it's a planned absence, I'm frequently giving tests because okay. if you think about it, what a smart thing! Anybody can give the test. You don't have to really know anything <laughs> about the content. I can't imagine trusting any CPS subs, at least the ones that I've had so far. And I've had some awesome ones, but I can't imagine trusting with that. I, what's that like? It's you know, you hand out the test. You have both the advantage and the disadvantage. You know. Well, first of all, maybe, I don't know if you know this or not, but if you're a certified teacher, you can sub any subject. Mm-hmm. So Interesting. I'll did not, pick did up, not know that, but. Yeah. So I'll pick up like a physics class. You can imagine how much. So I'm handing out a physics quiz. Okay. Well, and the teacher <laughs> invariably leaves me the answer. And either with the instruction I can or can. I mean, sometimes the instructions. When I gave a calculus quiz, the instruction was, you can show the kids the answers. Okay. So do you ever have to do like a like a teaching of that lesson plan in physics or some or maybe it's a, a content area you're like, oh boy, I don't really know. It's never a... <laughs> calculus teachers and physics teachers know that they're not going to have a sub who's going to know their content. Right. Um, English teachers and history teachers... I've I've actually had to teach some stuff, so that's you know, yeah. well, you, and then that's the, your comfort zone, though. Yeah, and sometimes if there's a teacher who knows that they're taking a whole week off, and I've picked up the whole week, mm-hmm. then I'm I'm definitely teaching. Sure. So, man, I I wish there there's sometimes where literally uh, I had a student that emailed me a video of, and and granted this is not the type of sub that you are, because I mean you and I have we've seen each other teach and things like that, uh, but I had a student that sent me an email with a video of the sub in my desk, uh, in my chair at my desk. Sleeping. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. You're kidding. Now, now, granted, 
I always, after my first year, I really learned my lesson to make it as simple as possible, make it 100% student-based, like maybe even just leave it on a table, they know where to pick it up, and then the sub has to do nothing. But even still, I've had some really awful experiences where... Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, the, the sad part of it is, even if it goes horribly, like supplies are missing, students report they didn't get the work, anything like that, it's kind of nerve-wracking to give them a bad score or like a star rating, whatever it is, because you might not be able to get coverage the next time you need one. And then it puts your whole yeah. building at risk or, you wow. know, burdens them to have to pick up that load. Yeah. But. Yeah. See, I'm at, I'm, yeah, these high end schools, a lot of them use retired, t- a lot of the subs are retired teachers. So, right. you know, the, but otherwise, I mean, I, I just got on the list at, at two very Tony schools, but not as highly rated as Adlai Stevenson, mm-hmm. um, Highland Park and Deerfield High, two excellent high schools. Mm-hmm. And literally in the, this, you know, their little introduction to me, they said, it's mandatory that every class you teach, you leave this, the teacher a note about what went on, That's both nice. in terms of oh, what, what content went on and if there were any behavior problems. Yeah. And I, I usually tell the kids that, too, because yeah. at Stevenson, that's always been required. I say, look at, you know, I leave a note for the teacher. Do you want your name to be on that note? <laughs> Try me, bitch. Like, you're like, I got you. <laughs> that's awesome. Though. I wish we had that. But that kind of brings up the point that we were talking about this beforehand. But there's this big issue going around. And the state of Illinois is trying to address it by getting rid of the test of academic proficiency, the TAP, saying that if you apply, you must be qualified, whatever it may be. But they're also trying to figure out ways to address this teacher shortage. And the big one, I mean, obviously subs and things like that, but the biggest solution they had, because paying them more is not going to be the answer to them, right? They don't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> but the big solution was uh, retired teachers, pulling them out of retirement, which is absurd to me. Yeah, I've, I've, co- I've, I've been around some of the retired teacher subs and, you know, some of them are all retired because they were sort of, you know, ready to be put out to pasture, not playing with a full deck. How can right. I say it kindly? And so right. now you're going to have them be back as subs. Um, they're not going to be able to push the content. They're not going to be able to, the worst part, as you, as you can well imagine, classroom management, even at these very high end schools, it's tough, you know. Yeah. It, I've got I've had kids walk in and look at me and say a sub yes you know and sort of like you know <laughs> sure. give, it like move their fist like a fist bump with a you know so <laughs> there's that you I know? mean I remember back when I was a student if I saw a sub in that old school TV cart with the TV that had the whole seat belt around it so it wouldn't topple over it was back when they had the big tube TVs that was the best day ever do you encounter a lot of issues though with like behavior where you're like, all right, they, these kids clearly know that I'm only here for the day. Oh God, this is going to be a long one. Yeah. Or is it, or is it pretty good? Cause you are. Well, I mean, it varies from school to school. As I was saying earlier, the Adlai Stevenson, the reason it's one of the top high schools in the city is because those kids are very driven. Now mm-hmm. what are they driven by? Well, partly they're driven by their parents who pay an arm and a leg in mm-hmm. property taxes to live in within the Stevenson sure. school district. And, they're, whatever. But I also subbed at some lesser school, high schools. And yeah, their behavior problems. And at one, I subbed at one middle school. You know, you know Robert had us get that middle school endorsement. I don't know if he talked you into it, but he talked oh, me yeah, into it. Oh, yeah. We've all got it. I yeah. <laughs> and just shoot me <laughs> a, a sub in a middle school. <laughs> yeah, that would be brutal. That it would was be brutal. brutal. But, you know, I, I send kids to the principal's office. You know, I march them over 
over to, you know, I taught and I call and I call the principal's office. I, you know, whatever, and let them know mm-hmm. that I'm sending so-and-so down and, sure. you know, then the parent gets called or whatever. So, you know, and frequently after you send one kid to the principal's office, everyone else settles down because they all have a sort of fear of that. I mean, yeah. their parents yeah. going to find out if they're sent to the principal's yeah. office. But. I call it my sacrificial lamb. I've done it a few times where like I, I set some sort of a, uh, like a expectation that one kid violates it. And in my head, I'm like, Oh, sorry, Jamal, send him out real quick. Maybe even like raise the voice tone, things like that. And then the rest of them right after that, there right. you go. Which yeah. is wild. No. So that's, yeah. So I, that's a trick I use as well. <laughs> you know, sometimes more successfully than others, those middle school kids, right. they can't figure out anything. Right. <laughs> sometimes we have like four or five of them in the principal's oh, office. God. It, usually st- it usually stacks up. <laughs> this past year, so school year 19, I had, uh, it was it was this one afternoon class. And the fact that I already said afternoon class, I'm sure anyone that's listening that's like a middle or high school teacher, they're already rolling their eyes or groaning, whatever. This was the one class that I, I dreaded. Like I couldn't wait for it to be over. Like sometimes the kids would be like, how much time do we have left? And I would be like down to the second. We have five minutes, 37 seconds to go. Like I was ready. To, uh, I couldn't. I was so happy when it was finally over for the school year just because there were plenty of good kids in there. But just overall, we had a certain point where we brought in like a restorative justice coach and she did this really awesome exercise. I don't remember if I talked about it on the podcast before, uh, but it was an exercise where she picked out uh, randomly. I'm doing air quotes right now. Uh, five or six kids that had to act as a teacher. And it could be something very simple like, how do you uh, create a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? So like everyone knows how to do it, but they have an objective to teach the class to do something. And then we just let the kids, and I would simulate being a student myself, we would do all the crazy behaviors that they would try to do when I was at the front teaching. And it worked for like a day or two where they were like, wow, I would not want to have to do this. Or wow, this is absurd. How do you deal with these kids? Things like that. But then they kind of went back to their old ways for a little bit. Then some of them didn't show up. And honestly, the attendance, the truancy was the biggest reason why that class became a little more productive by the end of the year. Just sad. Wow. Yeah, that sad. is sad. That is sad. Yeah. It almost seemed like cliche, though. Like those moments when you're like, all right, they know what's coming right here. But it actually worked for a little bit, which I was pleasantly surprised. But yeah, the problem no, that's, is. That's not. That's good. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The sad thing is, though, that uh, it was funded by a grant program. And as you know, the Secretary of Education is cutting things left and right, just a big katana to everything. So that program didn't even finish out the school year because there was just no funding left. I was like, great. I'm glad there's more follow up in this. this (laughs) Uh, So there was one one story. And uh, this is about by the time this episode comes out, it'll be about a week old. But there were this is I read it first and I was like, this has to be a joke because the, the headline, I can't remember what it was, but it was kind of joke sounding. But this is a school in Columbus, Ohio. And this is a class of seventh graders who received probation uh, for throwing bananas at a teacher, their actual everyday teacher. And that teacher was deathly allergic to said bananas and was actually like sent off to the hospital. Whoa. And the teacher cited that this is a teachable moment. And I was like, oh, my God, you could have killed somebody. Like, just probation and teachable moment? Mm, boy, that's terrible. And the teacher thought it was a teachable moment? The district did. Oh, the, the district. district did. The teacher, I'm sure, was just going, <gasps> the whole time. But, yeah. Uh, but there is certainly, like, this weird lack of, I don't want to say power because it has a negative connotation, but the power has shifted uh, over to, like, these kids can clearly get away with murder almost literally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's just terrible. Yeah. I mean- 
you know, we so my diatribe for tonight, I know it's I'm going to sound like a broken record, but <laughs> there's a definite correlation between uh, financial, uh, the financial situation of the students in my limited experience mm-hmm. and and both and behavior. Um, the students who are from wealthier families, the school districts located in wealthier suburbs, have better behaved kids. Right. Now, you know, is it because their parents are paying an arm and a leg in property taxes? Is it because the parents are more uh, aggressively pushing their kids? Or, I, you know, I, is it, it? But then that's saying, what, the, the poor kids' parents aren't pushing their kids? Well, you know, I, it, that sounds horrible, and I don't mm-hmm. mean to say it that way, but overall, uh, I see the behavior so tied to the socioeconomics. Yeah, I, absolutely. You know. Well, there was a, and this was a really terrible quote. Did you see this from Joe Biden? No. Recently? I... Oh, he mentioned, now, and I'm not saying I disagree with what you're saying. 100% I'm there with you. There's there's a huge correlation uh, between, you know, funding and neighborhood status and, and success, unfortunately. But did you, Biden said this quote, it was like, the poor kids are just as smart as the white kids or something like that. He said, it's like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Oh my God. And, you know, and that's part of the problem is the less fortunate, socioeconomically uh, less fortunate kids could, could well be as smart as the kids from the wealthy families but there 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 just there's more involved there and it's not we're not just talking about some weird you know brute intelligence we're Mm -hmm. now at at least for me we're at the high school level and these kids have either been working or you know or not and um you know the one of the things i remember is we have talked all about how everyone teaches literacy Mm -hmm. um and everyone does teach literacy in some of the high schools that i have been in but Nobody teaches literacy at Adlai Stevenson High. Yeah, right. They're moving into like specialization and like they're, advanced microphysics. And, right. <laughs> right. I still can't believe though. So like in, I, I think I see where he was going with the quote, but it just sounds real yeah. bad to have this old white guy saying this thing about like comparing as if the upper echelon is just going to be like white kids. Right. Have you catched any or caught any of this stuff from uh, Betsy DeVos, by the way, with, um, she said that because we're talking about socioeconomic status, she was saying that it would be a disservice to offer loan forgiveness and uh, total loan forgiveness to to students nowadays because it would be disrespectful to people that spent their 10, 15 years uh, paying back their loans or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, what? <laughs> she's such an idiot. She's an idiot. She's an idiot. You know, I'm. I have. I am. We won't talk too much politics, but I'm one of those anybody but Trump people. And part mm. of the reason is we've got to get rid of people like Betsy DeVos. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just that's just idiotic. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you know, if there's a shortage of teachers. How about loan forgiveness for anyone who's willing to commit to five years of teaching in a public school? Yeah, oh my anywhere. God. We yeah. don't even have to. We don't even have to pin them into a public school in in, in Chicago or something. Just anywhere. Just let, let's just because we need more teachers overall. Mm-hmm. So you know, disrespectful to people who paid their <laughs> loans. Come on. You I'm know? thinking about the tax breaks that DeVos and Trump have given the upper echelon, being like, "Well, isn't that disrespectful to all the lower class people that have been paying taxes all these years?" Right. <laughs> Whenever you change the tax code, are we being disrespectful to people right. who don't get the same loopholes or whatever? No, that's silly. Only when it's self-fulfilling, right? Yeah. That's what it yep. would be. Yep. I saw that and I was like, God, get her the fuck out of here. And I, I saw Elizabeth Warren was talking about and granted, she has some baggage, too, now with the whole uh, 
genealogy issue. Like she tried she to does, claim, but she does. But she was saying she would want her secretary of ed, or she vowed like a week or two ago that uh, her secretary of ed would be a public school teacher, or maybe it was maybe she said high school, middle school, or whatever it was. Which would be a nice change of pace, but... It would be. I don't know if it's going to happen. That's the only problem. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think it's with them getting rid of... Because the state of Illinois, specifically, they got rid of the TAP, which for us, it could have been... I think there's a... I don't know if there's a TAP exam, but it also could have been your ACT or SAT score. Um, Now, you had to retake the ACT. I d- uh, when you were actually I did. getting ready, I did, but I bl- it, it, my score was terrible, and <laughs> and Robert let me in anyway. He said okay. I was otherwise perfectly qualified to be in his program, sure. and you know, I mean, I was taking the ACT without studying, for, you know, walking in cold after you know mm-hmm. being away from school a little few, a few decades. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think it's is it disrespectful to us and other previous teacher candidates that now they're getting rid of these? Uh, tests of basic proficiencies or is this another no no we just have to those tests were ridiculous you know if you you know i mean my feeling is if you want to be a teacher and you're either going to take the ed classes as part of your undergrad or you're going to take it as part of a grad school program that's it you'll 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 learn this stuff then and you know no i think i think we need more teachers i think you know i've i've never been a believer in standardized testing and So, you know, I would like my money back, though. I think, ah! I, had, I, think I had to pay like 60 bucks to get my score out of archives because I took it like the year before they went digital yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And then, well, the Ed TPA, too. We were talking about yeah, this we as well. Yeah, we had to pay some money for that. I, it was a hefty coin. Yeah, it was. It was. Brutal. It was. And now I think they're getting rid of just the video portion or yeah, something and like I, that. Yeah, I, I read or either read or heard a, the thing about, which is the bottom line, which is not no surprise to me, which is parents have basically revolted and parents aren't signing the forms to let their kids be videotaped. Mm-hmm. So they really had to get rid of the videotaping part because these, <laughs> these teacher candidates were sort of, you know, they, didn't, they were videotaping themselves and one kid or something. So. Right. I think part of it, too, was that they were putting it as private videos on YouTube, which is actually not very secure. Oof. But I was thinking like, wow, the one time that teachers and parents are working together, it's kind of <laughs> inadvertent. I was actually on campus at uh, at UIC for, we did like a round table Q&A. Oh yeah. And Sam was there too. I, I actually, that was an episode. I can't remember the number. I was there the day that like Jen Olson just got the news uh, that it was actually being uh, changed over. She was really excited. They were running around like, are we sure? Is it confirmed? Like things like that. Uh, which means Julie is for sure at the forefront of that uh, of that fight. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's great. So thinking back to your original job at the alternative school, did you get a lot of, I mean, I'd imagine it's a lot of high school dropouts, uh, maybe well, incarcerated. This, well, that or... school had three, like you either, the sole population of that school was you either were dropped out, kicked out, or flunked out of a Chicago public school. So that's okay. a fairly low bar right there. And I would say... Oh, the overwhelming number of males in that school were there as a condition of probation. Okay. How was that then being? So it's horrible <laughs> because they had to go there because it was a condition of their probation. They didn't have to pass classes. They didn't have to pay attention in classes. And there you had a literacy issue that was huge. You, sure. you, you had a huge literacy issue. So there were, so there were a lot of problems there. And... Um, the principal believed that if my teaching was more engaging, that I would be more successful. And after a semester, I realized that that just wasn't my reality, that yeah. I couldn't, I was working 
I was working between the prep and the teaching 60, 70 hours a week. You shouldn't have to work 60, well, they, 70 hours a week. They gave you, you had five class periods, five different subjects yep. too. I remember I, I got a, because I was interviewing all over, applying to wherever, just, you know, to have backups. And uh, at one of the places that I got an offer, it was one of those. And they said, yeah, we need you to teach five courses. And right. uh, the salary was like $20,000 less than I would have made anywhere else. And I was like, you got to be shitting me. Like, yeah. absolutely no way. Yeah, no, there was, yeah, and you know, what do you, again, we're going back to the money thing, it's part, you know, this was a, a school in a in not great area of the city, but that wasn't the main problem, but it was part of the problem, you yeah. know. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, the, and there's where literacy problems are, were pretty huge. Mm -hmm. There were some kids in my, some of my classes reading at third grade levels, high yeah. school, you yeah. know, they're, in th they're reading at a third grade level. How do you teach history to mm -hmm. someone reading at a third grade level? Which, and this, I just thought of this one because, uh, so by the time this episode comes out, I will have been, or I've just completed, uh, like a, a four day conference that I have to go to and it counts as PD. Uh, and not only is it covered, but it's also paid. How does that work if you're if you're doing sub work uh, in terms of because you need a certain number of hours to right. renew your license, right? Yes, I do, and I oh, have nothing, and I'll be paid. You know, I'll be paying for it. Uh, um, several of my sub friends, they, they they there are packages you can buy online uh, oh, okay. that, that'll just you know all fulfill all of my requirements, but I'll be paying for it. So, okay. oh God, what is it? One hundred and twenty hours over. Like three years, I think, or is it five years? I'm not even five, sure. Five like years, that. yeah. Oh God, How, have you ever done like an in-person PD? Yeah, because one of the someplace I was a long-term sub after after that his after the the um, um, alternative high school. I was a long-term sub in a, a suburb, and they had like some PD for teachers, and so I did that. But sure. not very many hours. So yeah, I'm going to be scrambling. So you get you get. PD as part of, paid for by this the mm -hmm. Chicago Public School District. I think like well I haven't heard of any that isn't covered by it. A lot of times it's run by CPS teachers or programs themselves. Uh, but yeah, it's it's I get paid and then the hours go into there's a it's like the knowledge center or something like that and then eventually you can transfer that into your ISB account. But wow, that's great. But I, I didn't even think about it because I mean I think in the first year and a half because I did two AP conferences like 30 hours each, something like that. Wow. So it was real easy. Like I got half of it right there. And then That's I already great. went to a few throughout the year. But when you when we were talking about sub stuff and alternative school, and I was like, do alternative schools pay for, for PD? No. A sub? I was like, probably not. But no. Nope. Oh God! Yeah, so just another added so that expense, part of, really. Yeah, so that's that part of it stinks. Um, yeah, and I'll have to deal with that, and I haven't dealt with it yet. I, actually, it was pretty funny because I thought I would be dealing with it over the summer, which made a lot of sense until mm -hmm. I got this sort of fun little job at the botanic garden. So that's right. I, and so is that? So we, we talked a little bit about it, but I I wanted to save a little bit for the episode. But <laughs> what exactly are you doing at? So you're at the Chicago Botanical Botanical Garden. Yes. And uh, what exactly are you doing? So I'm uh, a there. visitor assistant. Okay. So part of it, the, the garden, which is 285 acres, 385 oh, acres, it's huge. Yeah. Um, and it, they have people who, a couple of the little things you are, are ticketed and you have to pay extra for. Mm -hmm. But 
the main thing I do besides sell those little tickets is help people find their way around the garden. It's a huge garden, so it's yeah, very so it's lost. nice because um, it's, it's it's a lot of contact with people and it's a lot of um, having helping people understand. Yeah, it's both having them find locations and also figuring out what you want to do. You know, you've come to this huge garden. You know, what do you want to see? What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, so do you have a little bit of knowledge of like the different plants and stuff? Like I they- don't. There and during the week there are horticulturalists walking around and you can point mm-hmm. people to that. But otherwise, it's no, like a, I'm not like not. a docent of plants, right? I guess, but right. that would be overwhelming. But right, but it's a beautiful place and it's uh, it's sort of a it's a fun place to work because you know it, it's funny. It's very much the opposite of being a sub in certain ways. <laughs> you know, where where <laughs> discipline is a real problem as a sub, right? Classroom mm-hmm. management. People aren't necessarily happy to be there. Pretty much nobody comes to the garden and isn't happy to be there. So that's right. a pretty difference. But you know. Although I did have a professional development once at a botanical garden, and I was not happy to be there in that <laughs> instance, but that was about it. That was about it. Um, still beautiful, though. I had my lunch by myself, and of course, someone tried to come over and talk to me, and I was like, please leave me alone. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's just me. That's just yeah. Me. No. You know. So as we're gearing up, because we've got end of the summer is coming up pretty soon. Uh, by the end of the month, around the same time that I'm moving, that's when the school year starts. Uh, what do you do as a, not just a sub, but also a botanical garden? Uh, I'm going to still call you my expert, uh, botanical garden expert. Uh, what do you do to kind of gear up for that time of the year? Well, it's interesting because I really didn't start subbing at the beginning of the year last year. I sort of stumbled into it later. So, but these, uh, these, uh, Stevenson has a breakfast for all their subs that they actually hey. pay you to attend where hmm. they go, where they have speakers and they go through sort of the rules of the road. You know, it's a school of 4,500 kids and they hmm. use a lot of subs and they want those subs to be delivering content and, you know, so they have a system. So yeah, so Stevenson's got the breakfast. Um, Another, actually every single high school that I'm subbing at has some event before you start the year to get everybody geared up for what it's going to be about. Mm -hmm. How's how's morale at those things? Like (laughs) I can't, like I imagine when we start the school year, everyone's kind of like depressed and a little pissed off, a little ornery, like, oh God, we're back for another one. (laughs) Is it like that at the sub ones? No, because, you know, people are pretty much happy to be there. I mean, Mm. you know, they- (laughs) I'm getting paid. That's what what they're thinking. Right. They get paid. They get a free breakfast, you know, and yeah. So no, you know, and people are- by and large, you know, people are happy to be there helping out. Feel They feel very supported in a lot of these schools. Sure. And the existence of the sub-coordinator, which do you guys even have sub-coordinators? No, I wish we did. I think yeah. it's just our clerk. At every single school I sub at, there is a sub-coordinator or nice. more, one or more. Sure. And so when I deal with, you know, like literally I, I get my assignment, but frequently part of my day is to stop in the sub-coordinator's office, check in. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, they, they nice. keep track of people. Yeah. They occasionally call you and say, hey, it's sort of a last minute thing, but can you, mm-hmm. or are you doing for you're doing three periods for this guy. Can you, would you mind adding two periods for this guy? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. yeah. Is it like a lump sum or is it? Yeah, that's how much? the bad part. Okay. It's, it's a flat fee and it's, you know, it's, it, it and no benefits and it's not much, but you know, do what you can, right? Right. So if you were to think like in a, so by the time like your license expires or whatever and you're, you're ready to reapply, you're re up, renew it, whatever you want to call it, and you've got your hours and all that. 
Do you have like an ideal situation you'd like to be in or are you happy doing sub work right now or? Well, you know, it's funny because when I first started doing the sub work, I was constantly looking for jobs. Mm -hmm. And then this summer being partly being in the botanical garden and just sort of starting to feel my age, I thought, you know what? Here it is. I walk in in the morning. I get somebody else's sub plan. I mm-hmm. deliver. I spend the day delivering their content. I walk out. I don't have to grade a paper. I don't have to prepare a lesson <laughs> sure, plan. Sure, I'm okay. So yeah. you could see yourself doing this up until yeah. whenever you want to retire. And... Yeah, if Robert or Julie are listening, sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I don't think they would. I don't but, think it's yeah, anything to be just, ashamed of. I think yeah. that's, if that's what you're happy doing, it's still in the classroom, it, student it's, content. I'm in the classroom, and it's not perfect, but mm-hmm. the the not having to do any prep is pretty nice. Yeah. You know? How many hours a week do you prep? Oh, not as much now because I I've got. Especially this is my first year where I won't be adding new classes. Like I'm doing okay. everything the same. Uh, so it's gone down quite a bit. But first year when you're doing everything from scratch and stuff like that, you might as well double your work week. Truly. Right. And then and grading see, on top of that counts. So Right. And see, if I were to start, I would be doing that. It would yeah. be my initial thing. So. Right. Yeah, but that's sweet. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Well, we, we just got our, well, not officially, but I, I saw what the master schedule was. And I'm really excited because I teach first period and that's my co-taught which is usually the kids that are pretty low usually a lot of behavior issues first period so they're not going to be there they'll still be high or or they'll be very docile <laughs> and uh my, my sister teaches elementary she was like oh my god and i was like sorry it's a reality of it so i've got that get that out of the way and uh, that should be nice and smooth sailing then i have my regular u.s class i think fourth period so i get you know two class periods in a row to you know prep do whatever relax if I can find the time. And then uh, uh, my whole afternoon is sixth period, seventh period, eighth period. And it's my honors group, my AP group, my Embark group. Wow. Which is going to be, I mean, it could, might not be as great in reality as it is on paper, but I'm going to have to give my coordinator like a big hug or something like that. Sounds like, great. Or Tillo's gift card, something like that. Yeah, so it sounds it great. Good. Yeah. I think it's going to be nice because uh, I'm taking on more responsibility too. So I'm starting. So I've been a football coach now for two years, strength and conditioning coach now for two years, uh, but I'm also going to be a teacher coach. So I'm acting as like a mentor. So I'll be observing and like coaching and working on increasing like the evaluation scores for the teachers and student outcomes and things like wow. that. Uh, Just which in I'm, the history department or in other departments as well? I think I'm in an English class and maybe a science class or something like that. Depends That's on great. who it is. So I'm excited about that. It'll be really beneficial for me. And I'm sure I'll have somebody that's got less experience and somebody that has more experience, but it's nice to be recognized for that. But also it'll be cool to, instead of just acting like I know everything, I'll take what they're doing and maybe adopt it or pass it along to someone else and vice versa. And I think it'll be awesome. Yeah. That sounds really good. That sounds great. Just watching like a month or two, I'll be like, Barb, there's too much work. I don't like it anymore. (laughs) So that'll be, that'll be fun. Yep. That's great. That's great. So sub stuff. Do you have any moments or stories where you're like, oh, my God, this is an absolute nightmare? Because we have a lot of people that when they interact with the show on social media, they like to talk about their nightmare stories or like their hellish class period or their hellish student, whatever it is. Uh, So I can imagine as a sub, you probably have, unfortunately... Uh, at least a handful of those experiences. Yeah, right? yeah. I try not to. Uh, I try not to. I try to shake them off pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, uh, short term memory. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, you know. So 
the one I was just thinking about is the exact opposite. So let me tell you that one oh, first. Okay. You have a good story. Yes. Nice. So it, yeah. So it's at Stevenson, and I think it's and it was an engineering class. Okay. And this teacher leaves me the thing, the thing saying they're working on this project, and it's almost the end, and they're almost all done, and they're working in pairs. So what I want you to do is go around and have them show you their projects. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and so I go in, and the project is some young some nine or ten year old who was a recorder player you know with a recorder mm-hmm. looks sort of like a clarinet plastic thing. Yeah, a little yeah, plastic yeah. thing she lost her arm from the elbow down oh. one arm in an accident Jeez. and their their project was to retrofit oh the recorder so or her or whatever so that she could play it oh that's that's I was stuck. This is high school. And so some one group put up, did a prosthetic for her arm. Okay. Okay, That's sort of ambitious. Right. Another group did made it so that her one existing set of fingers added like another set of fingers to it that they could, so that she could do it all with one arm. I mean, they were one person, one group had her from her foot. I mean, these were like, I was walking around and I was like, Amazed, I yeah. thought you know this sort of made you feel good about society that we're in the that there's a future here that we have these bright kids. <laughs> yeah, but. yeah, that's cool. The different approaches they took to it as well, which is just awesome. Like the for sure, if they have an engineering program, that's awesome. But they're also putting it to use and. Absolutely. Did you ever get any any follow up on that? Or I feel like there's well, got to be a news story about that one. That's that's incredible. I, you know, I, I I didn't. Um, I I wrote as I always do the teacher note saying I was just blown away by these projects. Yeah, that's really um, sweet amazing amazing and you know gave of course the kids such inc- very positive feedback and i yeah yeah but oh, i love that but, one yeah. should, should we end on that one or should we, even, that, should we... i mean i mean <laughs> that you was know, so you can, it's so uplifting it i was love that. so uplifting i can it's so easy to come up with the mistreating sub stories mm-hmm. so you know what that's sort of you know been like there that. done that yeah let's end, let's on, end on the good one i yeah. like that that's a okay. great one it is so, well, Barb, thanks so much for doing this, taking time to My come pleasure. all the way down I'm, here. I'm thrilled to be on this. I, I think it's really a nice, smart thing that you're doing. Oh, thanks. To sharing, sharing the trials and tribulations of <laughs> teachers. I think that's great. Well, good. Thanks. I appreciate that. It'll be much easier, too, once we move. And this is probably the second to last recording in, in this room where, all right. it, where it all started, too. Well, so. please invite me back so I can see the new digs. That'll be good. I'm excited for it. Excited yeah. to see you and, for that. And, and good luck with, your, with the school year, embarking <laughs> on the school year. <laughs> I might need it. I might need it. We'll see. Yep. All right. Well, everybody else, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thanks for supporting the show. If you've interacted with, on so- with us on social media, I really appreciate that. Continue to do that. It makes it a lot nicer than just, I mean, Barb and I are talking. It's conversational in this case. But when it's just me on a solo episode, it feels like I'm just talking out into this voiceless crowd of people. So I can see you guys listening, but a lot of people that uh, do reach out, I appreciate that. It makes it a lot more fun for me to produce the content because uh, I want to hear from you guys. Uh, if you'd like to be on the show, you can reach us at Classroom Brew on social media or classroombrew at gmail.com. Quick side note, there is someone that, I don't know if it's a listener or if it's a coincidence, but somebody took my podcast email and signed me up as a fake female catfishing people on a dating site. So we'll have to watch out for that one. Uh, I think her name was Dee Dee. So thank you guys for not being that person. If you are that person, I hate you. Uh, But until next week, class dismissed.